The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Annex Wealth Management is a proud member of the Barron's Top Advisor List and the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. Good morning, Southwest Florida. Annex Wealth Management Show is on the air, and it's going to be an action-packed half hour. Ask Annex is coming up. Also, mid-year tax planning changes. July 15th is not the end zone uh, we look at tax planning as a year-round process, so our senior tax planner will be joining us for that. My name is Danny Clayton. Mark Oswald, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Mark is our chief compliance officer. Our chief investment officer is Derek Felsky. Good morning to you. Good morning, Danny. Walking in the studio, and I said, what are we going to do today? And, they sa- and you <laughs> said, there's a lot. So where should we start, guys? Well, certainly we can talk about what happened in the markets this week. You know, it was a, a bit of a pause a little bit. You know, a couple points down, a couple percentage points down on the S&P 500, Derek. And there's probably a couple good reasons for that. The first has to be the uptick in the virus. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We saw a record level of new cases in the United States. Certainly New York is in a much better spot, but we heard that the Houston healthcare system may be in some jeopardy for Fourth of July weekend, an uptick in cases in Arizona. And it's like something you and I said last week. You know, I would have thought, you know, in warm weather climates, the virus would get killed off. But what what I didn't think about was in really warm weather climates where the humidity is high, you spend a lot of time indoors. Well, you're here in Southwest Florida, you know, you spend a lot of time in air conditioning, and of course, then you're not outside doing things and, and doing that social distancing. And you, you look at states like Texas, I mean, they reopened the bars and everything that happened there, and now they're going backwards again. And I think that's where the, the market's reacting to it, because you start thinking about the shape of the recovery of the economy. If we're going to go backwards, if we're going to start closing things again, Apple's store closed a couple of things. Nike had some earnings issues based on store closures. Those types of things make you think that maybe the economy is going to recover a little slower, and that was reflected in the markets. Yeah, I mean, I always thought, you know, at least for the f- past few weeks, that it was a misguided fantasy that we were going to have a V recovery where we'd actually go back to where we plunged from. Obviously, the, the trajectory is not going to be what we'd like. Uh, and truly, the, the it's the most likely we're not going to fully recover from an economic perspective until we do have a vaccine. So with that thought in mind, it really leads to tactical choices and opportunistic purchases and, and really maintaining our discipline as an investment committee in talking with our clients and prospective clients. Just kind of getting mixed signals, though, from the markets, right? I mean, from the economy. You got some pretty good news this week, too. Yeah, but here's here's the thing. I mean, to me, the market is reacting more to what the Federal Reserve is doing than what the economy itself is doing. And that can kind of convolute things. So when people look at stock prices rising, you know, they look at the list of positive elements. They, well, that's why it happened. When it goes down, they look to the other side. And generally speaking, yes, the economic numbers have gotten a lot better, although they couldn't get a whole lot worse. Right. We got unemployment, you know, at 14 percent or so. And that's the the declared number, although many would say it's higher. Uh, We saw the IMF lower its global growth projections. But on the positive side, we had new family home sales up 17 percent. Durable goods in May were up 15 percent. So really strong rebounds from very depressed levels. But that's the key point. They're from very depressed levels. So, of course, we're going to initially look like it's going to be a V. 
Yeah, so I think that the, maybe the markets are just kind of looking at it and absorbing what the what-ifs, right? Because it's always about certainty and uncertainty in the markets. We've got plenty of uncertainty with the virus and what the economy is going to do. you got a political landscape that certainly is uncertain at this point in time as to what's going to happen in November and, and what's going to happen with things like taxes and things like that after that. So, I mean, it's, it's really important that you continue to look at your portfolio. But are there different sectors that kind of act differently right now or that are, that are maybe places to look for in terms of investment opportunities? Well, I think what you what you really do is you just say, okay, you know, where, where's the economic recovery going to come from and which sectors are likely to benefit sooner rather than later? And in our view, as an investment committee, tactically, we've been using healthcare and information technology as key tactical overweights. Another area that I think ought to do pretty well are staples. You know, people are still going to use soap. They're still going to, you know, know, go to Walgreens, they're going to, you know, do what they do with diapers and all the rest. Uh, so those types of companies ought to hold up real well and maintain dividends and potentially increase them. Where on the flip side, financials, which we'll talk about a little bit later because of the bank stress tests, sure. uh, things like consumer discretionaries, we saw from Nike's report, uh, real estate, obviously challenged by the stay-at-home trend and what that could mean for commercial real estate going forward. And, and finally, energy. Energy prices still remain very low. Most energy producers in the United States cannot make money at the price of oil currently. So you really want to go to areas where the business is stable, the cash flows are positive, and the ability to raise dividends exists. You know, one of the things I really enjoy about our investment committee is the number of decades that we've been in the business and kind of experienced all the 87s and the, you know, <laughs> on and on and on, right? I mean, and you, t- you, you firsthand, of course, as well. But the, the interesting part is that when you're learning from your past experiences is it really helps you build a portfolio. It really helps you build an idea of what is going to happen next. And I think for some people that are out there that are do-it-yourselfers do or people who are building their own portfolios who don't have that same perspective, simply because, not because they didn't live through it, but simply because they haven't gone through the analysis of it, it couldn't be more important in my career than right now to know what you own and why you own it. Yeah, like as an example, you know, we used to always think of the technology technology sector is very cyclical. You know, when the economy was weakening, the tech sector would, would weaken even more. But what we're, we're starting to see is technology has become so pervasive, whether it's in, in the industrial sector or healthcare or whatever else, technology is really everywhere. And it is, it is, it is of itself diversified. And, and even though the market had been weak in March, the tech sector outperformed on the downside. And in, since the beginning of the recovery on March 23rd, the tech sector has also appreciated on the upside well above market levels. But again, we want to be a little bit cautious there because it's been a very strong quarter. And a lot of these stocks have had really big runs. If we can help, our website is operating and ready for you head to annexwealth.com and click that get started button quick reminder we have some webinars coming up truth about dollar cost averaging we have one called the annuity enigma on the way women's guide to financial self-defense saving the family cottage if you got a family home want to keep it in your family that would be the one for you listen those happen in july if you have any questions about any of those topics just feel free to get a hold of us head to annexwealth.com click that get started button this is the annex wealth management show 92.5 Fox News. According to a recent poll, because of the COVID crisis, more than half of Americans are making changes to their retirement plans. What about you? You may be waiting for things to return to normal to make a move. COVID has many symptoms, but financial paralysis shouldn't be one of them. It's time to understand where you are today. 
Now, it's time to get on track with your investment and retirement plan. At Annex Wealth Management, that means starting with a conversation centered on you. We don't listen to decide what product to sell. We've got no products to sell. That's the beauty of being a fee-only fiduciary. For Annex Wealth Management, getting on track starts when we present you with a portfolio review and a framework for a financial plan. Not a flimsy sales document, but an earnest assessment of where you are, where you're headed, and how we can help. Start today. Give us a call at 262-786-6363 or visit us at AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference. Do it today with Annex Wealth Management. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Time for Ask Annex. If you've got a question for us, we're always open at AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button. That's where you can click that Get Started button, get going on that free portfolio analysis. Our first one is from Janice. Does it make sense to move IRA funds to a whole life insurance policy to reduce taxes in retirement? Well, that's an interesting financial planning question, and it's something that you have to think through a little bit because I think the first biggest issue is IRA dollars. And the first thing that comes to my mind is if you take money out of an IRA, you're going to have to pay taxes on it. And if you're under 59 and a half, you know, you're going to be paying that 10% federal penalty as well as a state penalty. So there are a lot of different issues that are going on. Setting that aside, if you're willing to do that and pay the taxes, you understand that you're probably paying at a historically really low tax rate. We talked about fiscal policy and monetary policy earlier and the fact that, you know, when you have a source of revenue, if the government's source of revenue is income taxes, that rate could go up at some point in time. So you are cashing out of the IRA at a very, very low tax rate and putting money into something that's tax-deferred, a whole life insurance policy. The other thing, of course, the benefit of doing that, if you have an insurable interest and you are insurable, is ultimately that money's going to pass. In an IRA, it's going to come out, and under the new rules now, somebody, your beneficiary, is going to have to take that over a 10-year period. In a whole life insurance policy, they get that money tax-free because that's what that's how they treat life insurance benefits. It's tax-free income, too. So you don't have that you know pressure to go ahead and liquidate those assets really quickly. So it depends, Janice, but it's an interesting financial planning question. And if we can help, head to AnnexWealth.com and uh, click that Get Started button. We'll begin the process um, you know, just of getting your question answered because that's what we do here. This one came in via text, very brief. Please talk about Robinhood. What is it? Yeah, well, I mean, there's that's a lot to talk about. Of course, Robinhood is a trading platform, and it made a lot of news in a very tragic and unfortunate way. If you think about Robinhood and compare it to an online trading platform, it's become popular with uh, young younger investors. And what was happening in this particular case, and Danny, you and I talked about that earlier this week, is he ran up what appeared to be a large debt in his portfolio. In fact, he read it as as a negative $730,000 and thought there was no way out, and he committed suicide, and, and it's made a lot of news. He, um, I think in his note, said, I had no idea what I was doing. How did I get this much? I mean, and, and Robin Hood reached out to the family, but it's one of these things, and one of the theories is, is that these guys, are, and it's mostly guys, are just kind of sitting around. They're playing this like it would be betting, and stocks, that's not a bet. That's not a thing to do. Well, and in this particular case, and I did uh, read a little bit about it, is he was uh, using option strategies, and it hadn't settled yet. Some of these trades hadn't settled yet, Mark, and he really did not owe that money, uh, even though it showed that in their statements. You get these paper losses, right, as opposed to realized losses or realized gains. 
And settlement is just that. When a transaction happens in an options transaction, it has a period of time, T plus 3, trade date plus 3, or trade date plus 1, to settle that. And if that happens at the end of the month and the statement comes out or you look online, you're going to get a different view of, of what really is reality. Unfortunately, in these situations, sometimes on these platforms, is again, there are younger people that are kind of trying to do it on their own, and maybe you got lucky, right? You, you took $20,000 and turned it into a half a million. Well, the platform lets you margin that half a million as if you had realized cash in your account when what you have is appreciated stock. And you borrow against that balance, and then you use that to buy more stock. Well, there's the danger, is the stock that underlines the loan starts to go down, and the brokerage firm says, hey, we want some of our money back. And you have to liquidate and liquidate, and you're selling against yourself, and that's how you cause those debit balances. And it's a really dangerous game to play. Isn't part of the theory that um, some of the volatility was a lot of these Robin Hood-type yeah. trades? Yeah, 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 to some extent. And so, again, obviously, uh, proceed with caution. Uh, this is dangerous stuff if you are not uh, familiar with how it works. Okay, in our final minute, and this one might be connected. It's a text question. Can you talk about why low-quality stocks like Hertz are trading? Yeah, well, it's trading because it's there's still a market for it. But, again, another story because Hertz tried to solicit $500 million in, in new equity position, and the SEC put a kibosh on that. But it's still trading because even, even Hertz said it's likely that this equity position that they're submitting uh, would be worthless, but it's still trading. So, again, Mr. Compliance Officer, time to be careful. Well, absolutely. Be careful about this because of the fact that common shareholders get paid last. You have to remember that. So the fact that there is bondholders out there, they're going to get paid first. So if Hertz sells every car that they own and all of their assets, those bondholders are going to get paid first and the common shareholders get paid last. If you want to do things like that, there's probably a time and place. But if you want to invest for the future and plan for the future, your partner is Annex Wealth Management, a Barron's top advisor, a four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300. It's as easy as going to our website, which is AnnexWealth.com, clicking that Get Started button. Over and over, we've heard people use the term unprecedented when talking about today's world. Truth is, from a financial perspective, we've seen much of this before. We've seen markets plunge 35%. We've seen global pandemics. We've seen unemployment skyrocket. It seems everyone has an opinion about when this will end and what we should be doing now. Frankly, it's hard to know who to trust. When it comes to your money, you need a steady voice, committed to independence, giving you a confident snapshot of where you are and where you're headed. That's what Annex Wealth Management provides. Our team of experts has decades of experience helping clients navigate economic crises. Let us give you a free portfolio review and a framework for a financial plan. Not a self-serving sales pitch, but an honest assessment of where you are, where you're headed, and how we can help. Start today. Give us a call or head to AnnexWealth.com. With everything we're facing, ask yourself, if not now, when? Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. Team, tech, trust, and a fee-only fiduciary model that works in your best interest. Can your advisors say that? This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? Joining me is Sean Young, Senior Tax Planner at Annex Wealth Management, also a CFP, has a Master of Laws in Taxation, and is also an attorney, but I checked. You're not an Eagle Scout. (laughs) (laughs) You should be. Not yet. Not yet. With all that. Welcome back. (laughs) Thanks, Danny. So we're less than a month away from the July 15th tax filing deadline, and for a lot of people, that's it, right? That's, That's the finish line, but not in Annex Wealth Management. We work on our clients' tax planning year round. We like to say that everything we do between uh, now and the end of the year affects what occurs next April. 
and so we, we like to clean it up as much as possible in the meantime. And that's what we're going to talk about. Now, the changes brought on by coronavirus-related relief should figure big in mid-year tax planning, especially when we're talking about retirement money, but also business ownership. I hate to sound like a marketing phrase, but now more than ever, it's really important to give special attention to tax planning strategies through these recent tax laws and changes just requires really pulling back and look at how the series of changes have come down and and reading them concurrently. How do they affect me personally, our clients individually, our business owners uh, individually? So a lot of changes do affect those in the RMD phase of life, but also many changes are baked into the cake there that affect a lot more people than that. But you guys are kind of drinking from a fire hose, right? This is, I exactly. mean, there's, there's a couple of big things that have come down. We got an election in November. If the occupant of the White House changes, there's going to be changes in taxes next year. Potentially. Folks tend to forget that it's not all about who's just in the White House, right? There are those two houses of Congress are really the driver behind a lot of tax legislation. And, you know, it will obviously depend and sway wildly with who ends up at 1600. It's our job here at Annex to to read those tea leaves and to uh, make adjustments ahead of the ballgame. Hey, under the SECURE Act, RMDs are no longer mandated until the year in which the owner turns 72. If a client is younger than 72 and they don't need the funds, they could consider holding off on that distribution because there might be more tax-efficient sources, like maybe selling securities with minimal or no built-in tax gain. We look for stuff like that? Absolutely. You're talking about tax diversification. So we like to set our clients up ahead of time with appropriate tax diversification strategies such that you're dealing with taxable money, as you described, tax-deferred money, as you also touched on there in the 401k and the IRA environment and then the Roth bucket, which is tax-free. So tax diversification heading into retirement allows you to uh, draw down from those different buckets in producing your cash flow during retirement in a very tax-efficient manner. Now, you mentioned Roths. Roth conversion means a tax bill now, but it could save taxes in the future. Is that a consideration? Of course. It's tax rate arbitrage, what you're getting at there, and it's really just where are tax rates going. And so right now we have reasonable confidence that tax rates will remain low through 2025 and 2026. They'll be going up if nothing happens sooner. So what do we do? We like buying the government out of our retirement funds at a point where we're paying them less to do so. Sean Young, Senior Tax Planner at Annex Wealth Management, talking about mid-year tax planning changes to consider. Let's talk about clients who are business owners. There's a $500,000 limit on claiming a business loss or $250,000 for single taxpayers in a single tax year. That's now been removed. Any business loss can be applied to 2020. That's complex, and if you don't have a tax professional on your side, do people miss that, and how important is this? Right. Every business owner knows the importance of a good COO, and I think that we, as tax professionals, try to operate in that aspect for our our business owner clients. So that's clearly something that can be properly utilized this year by shifting some things around to fully maximize the benefit of that in 2020. So things being missed, of course, uh, you can extrapolate that across individuals and corporate and small business owners at large. You know, it's important to have someone assisting you and interpreting all of these bevy of changes so that you're not sort of beating the bushes trying to figure it out yourself. So, Sean, the CARES Act had an impact on tax planning. My eyes just kind of blur when I read some of these things. Uh, 2017 tax reform drafting error, removal of a limitation of excess business losses from 2018 to 2020 to Section 199A deduction. Oh, my gosh. It just goes on and on and on. Sharp tax teams are people that recognize this and they take care of their clients. They anticipate this stuff for their clients. 
Absolutely, and you're not even getting into all of the, when you talk about drafting error, you know, all the, the notices folks will be getting in the future for misinterpreting a lot of these things in the first place. So our clients would get these in the mail and they'd say, what is this? I mean, you need interpretation. And it takes a minute for us to interpret it sometimes, yeah. right? I mean, it's, there are layers of complexity in play here this year that have never been seen before. We're doing everything that we can to stay on top of all of these things in, in order to facilitate what you actually need as individual clients and, and sort of ignore the rest. And we preach this all the time. Taxes are not just an April 15th thing, or in this case, July 15th. It is year-round tax planning. Here we are mid-year. There are things that you should do now that will affect down the road for sure. That's what you and your team do at Annex. We like to say that we'd like to have you dialed in as close to net zero next year, April 15th as possible. So that involves a lot of front-end interpretation of what your current year looks like. Yeah, we're, we're here all year round to make sure next April 15th is much more pleasant than this year's July 15th. <laughs> good luck, good luck, buddy. I know you and the team are quite busy. That is Sean Young, Senior Tax Planner, Annex Wealth Management. Best to you as you head into July 15th and what you do the rest of the year for our clients. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, sir. Planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary, and we put that in writing. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're back. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. We always say know the difference. It's one team. It's one plan. It's one fee. One team means we do it all. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning. One plan is a complete plan that includes every aspect of our Annex team. It's tailored for you. No cookie cutters here. One fee. We're a fee-only fiduciary, a Barron's Top Advisor, and a four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300. You know, guys, one of the things we've been looking at since the financial crisis back in 2000, 2008, 2009 has been the stress tests of the banks, and they happen frequently where they're going out and saying, what if, what happens to the financial markets? You'll all remember too big to fail and all that kind of talk, and the banks being supported in that time period. Um, so you, when that happened again this week, Derek, as we looked at what the stress test would do to the banks, to the financial environment in the event that the virus returns or continues to get worse. Well, I mean, again, the, the banks are in much better shape than they were going into the 2008 and 2009 crisis. But the thing that was interesting about the stress test this time was the Fed essentially is seeing trouble ahead. I mean, they basically suggested that despite the, the fact that the banks passed a stress test and they feel comfortable that they have the wherewithal to withstand a very sharp decline in economic activity, they actually suggested very strongly that there be no dividend increases on the parts of the major, major banks, that they cap their dividends at current levels, uh, they do no share buybacks until September at the earliest, and, and that was, I think, a mild disappointment to many traders because many traders had hoped that they'd get a, a free pass and would continue to be able to raise their dividends as profits warranted. Well, and there was some fear that they were going to suspend dividends altogether and just let, let the banks not pay dividends to make sure that they're increasing their balance sheet just to find out what's going to ultimately happen here with the, with the financials. But it kind of leads me to another question, another point, which is dividends matter, right? And different sectors are going to probably be in a situation where they can issue dividends where other sectors can't. Right. So clearly uh, the banks is an area uh, to avoid. I mean, obviously there are other areas of financial services that have more predictability and more stability of cash flows and don't have uh, the Fed's guidance, if you will, affecting their choices on capital deployment and whatnot. But, you know, another example of this, too, is like we saw Nike report on on Thursday night 
a, a big miss. I mean, the analysts were looking for a seven cent gain in the quarter. They came in with a 51 cent loss. And it makes you wonder, you know, how far off are the other estimates that we're looking at right now in the consumer cyclical area, in financials and energy and the rest. And part of the dislocation between the economy and the stock market has been the persistent rise in the price of stocks and the downward trajectory of earnings estimate. But if those earnings estimates are still way too high, as they certainly were in the case of Nike, that suggests there's a heck of a lot of risk out there and investors ought to be prepared for that. Well, it certainly gets to the multiple of where the market's going to go to. You look at the S&P 500, take all the companies and add up their earnings per share, and you come up with a number. Well, we started the year, that number was 173 $374. That number's not anywhere close to that now. No, it's not. In fact, the next 12 months from here, the forecast is $142. But for 2020 itself, the, the forecasts are now coming in at around $100, so d- dramatically less. Partially to answer the question you posed before, you know, when you think about where to look, like you think about the healthcare sector, a company like Johnson and Johnson, uh, they recently reported they have a very diversified business model. Uh, they are not victim to some of the optional therapies that are not being allowed as we combat the COVID virus in the hospitals. It pays a nice dividend, and they recently raised their dividend. So those are the types of companies you want to look for if you're a dividend-oriented investor, because let's face it, half the returns that stocks generate over the long haul come from dividends. I'm not, I'm not accusing you of any bias here, but we do own Johnson & Johnson in our equity income portfolio. And just full disclosure, just want to make that statement as well. It's a quick game of spot the compliance guy. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Talk about one other company this week, which was Facebook, and they certainly had some challenges. Yeah, Facebook is is facing a lot of pressure. I mean, they've been in in the news a lot recently. I mean, there are some rules that protect companies like Facebook from being sued by the content that's delivered over the platform, although the Trump administration has perhaps moved to eliminate that protection, which, of course, would be something that they would have to seriously ponder. But the other thing that's happening is companies like Unilever, uh, Ben & Jerry's, um, what was the the third one? And Verizon have decided to pull their ads from Facebook until they're more comfortable with their ability to manage the platform. And it's really not a political which side of the aisle you're on. It's really just the divisive commentary that exists on that on, on that medium. And there's got to be some policing on the part of Facebook in order to get these co- clients back in the fold. I think Twitter is having the yeah. same thing happen to them, and it affected both stocks on Friday. It did. They were both down quite a bit. But for the second quarter... So far, the returns on the S&P 500 have been outstanding. You're looking at an S&P number in the 20s. So is now time to rebalance your portfolio? Well, I think, you know, we're coming into the end of the quarter, and, and pension funds often do that almost as a matter of the time of the year, right? So at the end of the quarter, they rebalance. And if you have the second-best quarter of all time for the S&P 500, which is possible we could have, you have to know that rebalancing will take hold. If we can help, our website is AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. If you want to hear this show, it's going to be on Spotify in about 30 minutes. We'll see you next week. Have a great one, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for listening. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. This is 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.